I want to welcome back Sean Patel, who is the founder and CEO of Prep Expert. He's a Shark Tank entrepreneur making a deal with Mark Cuban back in 2016. And he's also a board certified dermatologist who received a perfect score on his SAT. Sean, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, John. So I just wanted to share with all your listeners real quick that we have an amazing partnership with the College Admissions Process Podcast, and we have a really special offer for all of your listeners. So for any listener who wants to enroll their student into one of our prep expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one-on-one tutoring programs, you can get 30% off just for being a listener of the College Admissions Process Podcast. All you need to do is put in the promo code College Talk, one word, just College Talk, and that'll give you 30% off all Prep Expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one on one tutoring packages. Make sure you use the link in the show notes of the College Admissions Process Podcast. Thank you, Sean. We really appreciate it. To our listeners, as an affiliate partner with Prep Expert, I want to be transparent with you that for every purchase made using our coupon code, which is College Talk, the College Admissions Process Podcast will receive a small commission from Prep Expert. But rest assured that we only promote programs that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. So whether you're preparing for the SAT, ACT, or need a one-on-one tutor, Prep Expert has the tools and expertise to help you. For more information, please see the Prep Expert affiliate partnership link in the show notes. And now let's get back to the show. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Kevin Medina, who's the Director of Special Populations and Transfers at American University in beautiful Washington, D.C. Kevin, I cannot thank you enough for being here today. How are you? Great to be here, John. Thanks for having us, and uh, thanks for choosing American University to be you know, a part of your, your podcast series. We're really excited to be able to chat and uh, you know, just talk a little bit more about AU and, and everything we have to offer and kind of, you know, a little bit more about the college admission process in, in general as well. Well, it is an honor and a pleasure. And thank you and American University for being here represented on the podcast. So let's get right to it, Kevin. What are some of the things that you personally love about American University that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Yeah. So, you know, when I'm talking with students, one of the first things that, that I tell them and one of the first things I describe American to them is that we are very much a, a metropolitan campus, but only when they want it to be. And so, you know, it sounds like a tagline, but it's so true that we have this fast paced city lifestyle. We have D.C. We have everything that the nation's capital has to offer. But one of the things that really makes us unique is that we do have a, a really traditional self-standing campus on 90 acres of land. Uh, and so I really do believe it kind of gives the students the best of both worlds. Uh, they can have, again, that fast-paced city lifestyle for the internships, for the events that are going on, Smithsonian Museum, sporting events, again, everything that the nation's capital has to offer. But they also get this kind of you know quieter college campus uh, to come home to. And I think a lot of our students find it really refreshing that they can have the balance. They can have that, you know, that city environment every day, every weekend, but they don't have to be surrounded by it 24-7. We have the metro right down the road. And it is, again, the balance of whatever they want to experience. 
Well, that's a great overview, a self-standing campus, which, of course, offers them a city life right there in the nation's capital of Washington, D.C., which also provides internship opportunities and many other things, both on your campus and beyond. So visiting campus before committing to a school, for example, is so important for the students to get a feeling of the campus and, of course, that surrounding area. If a student is able to come to your campus, what are the areas that they should absolutely visit and what are some of the questions they should be asking to help them determine whether or not American University is in fact the right fit for them? I think there's a, you know, there's a few different parts to that question. And my first piece of advice that I always give students is visit a lot of different types of schools if you have the opportunity to do so. You know, I, I speak for AU. I love AU in terms of kind of the, you know, the makeup of, of our campus. Um, it is a very, very walkable campus. Uh, it's a very green campus. We are a full arboretum which, with over 130 different types of, of trees on our campus, which, again, pretty unique being in a city. Um, but I always tell students, you know, visit as many types of campuses as possible. You will start to figure out what you really like and what you don't like really quickly, whether it's a really large school, a small school, green, rural city. Um, you will figure out relatively quickly what you know what speaks to you and so that's one of the the biggest pieces of advice that i always give um but again on our campus it, it's you know i say 90 acres you can walk from one end of campus to the other in just about 10 or so minutes uh so it's really walkable and so whenever i tell students that are coming to campus you know obviously stop by our, our welcome center speak with an admissions representative um, but just get on to campus if you can do an official tour great if not, it's so easy just to walk around campus, do a few laps um, and get the feel for kind of the student body and, and get a feel for, you know, can you imagine yourself here on, on our campus? Well, that's great advice. And if you can't visit before applying, certainly before you matriculate, it's so important to step foot on the campus, like you said, to get a feel to know whether or not that school is in fact the right fit for you. So we really appreciate that, Kevin. And I was also curious, what are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest in attending American University? And do you track such things as part of your overall admissions process? Yep. So we do track demonstrated interest um, for our students. Uh, we really do view it as bonus points. And so, you know, anything that a student can do to engage with us is is going to be bonus. So obviously it's those first things that students think of. It's, you know, visiting campus, it's doing an organized tour, it's doing an official tour and things of that sort. Um, but there's so many other things that, that count in our demonstrated interest, our webinar series, our admissions 101 workshops. Um, when we go and visit your high school, when we're at a college fair, all of these things count towards our demonstrated interest. Um, and again, it just it really does count as bonus points on our end for for to see how engaged a student is. Um, we kind of take the approach where if a student is more engaged with us, that typically means that they are showing a genuine interest in being a part of our community, uh, not only you know for the academics, but also they want to genuinely be a part of everything that we offer outside the classroom. And um, that tends to ultimately breed an, a community that is, again, kind of supporting each other on every facet inside and outside the classroom. And those students tend to to be successful because they've been engaged even before they decided to enroll at American. Well, we appreciate that, Kevin. And students and parents, you heard it here first. American University does, in fact, track demonstrated interest. So visit 
Make sure you go to the admissions office and check in, sign in. Make sure you take part in their webinars and definitely say hello on campus. And of course, if they visit your high school or you see them at a college fair, make sure that you let yourself be known. So again, thank you so much for that, Kevin. We appreciate it. And does American University have an honors program? And if so, how are students considered? Yes. So at American, we do have uh, an honors program and there is a separate application. So essentially the process would work that a student would go on, they would submit their common application. And from doing so, they would gain access to what we call our Future Eagle portal. Um, And then within the Future Eagle portal, they would have access to seeing all of the other applications for special programs. Um, And I make a point of that because while we do have an honors program for some of our highest achieving students, um, we have a lot of other really great specialized academic programs for students to Uh, explore and take part in things like our community-based research scholars, our global scholars program. We have uh, a policy and law three-year program. So there's a lot of really great programs that are are going to kind of hit on whatever a student's specific interests are. Uh, These are all living learning community environments. So they obviously add a different component and add an additional component and layer to uh, your experience living on campus. One of the great kind of benefits uh, in addition to that, though, is that We also have a few different living learning communities that students can be a part of and have that kind of cohort model without being specifically in an honors program. So the honors program is wonderful. uh, But again, I I implore students to really explore all of the different um, specialized programs that we do offer because we do have quite a few. And, you know, they're all amazing. And you can really find one that is really going to hit on whatever niche or whatever interest that you have. Well, Kevin, we really appreciate you talking about the different programs that you offer. Just so you know, I always add a link to the Office of Undergraduate Admissions. Obviously, in this case, this would be for American University in the podcast show notes. Kevin, if there's anything else that you want me to include, just send it to me. And of course, I'll make it available to the students and their parents in the show notes. Now, Kevin, I also know that American University, like many other schools, is in fact test optional. Can you share the percentage of students that apply and that are ultimately admitted that did not submit their test scores? So about 60% of our students that are admitted are test optional. So quite a few, you know, a pretty large percentage of our students that are admitted are not submitting the test scores. Um, We've seen an increase kind of year over year of more and more students deciding to go in that test optional route. And AU has been test optional for over a decade now. Uh, Like to say that, you know, we were test optional before it was cool. And so, you know, we we really do kind of have that as a part of our, our our foundation of our review process. If a student doesn't want or doesn't feel comfortable submitting their test scores, that is totally fine. It's not something new for us. Um, you know, we've been reviewing applications for, as I'd mentioned, over a decade within that test optional uh, realm. Well, we appreciate that insight. AU has been test optional, like you said, for over 10 years. Recently, 60% of your students who were admitted, in fact, did not submit their test scores. And you're seeing an increase each year of students applying without submitting test scores. So I was curious, Kevin, where do you see the test optional trend going over the next few years? I think we're going to continue to see it increasing in, in different institutions that are deciding to remove it as a part of a requirement for, you know, for their admissions review. Um, so I think, you know, test optional is here to stay. I think that we're going to see more and more institutions that are, are, you know, having it be a part of their admissions review you know, policy. Um, I think we're also going to be seeing more and more institutions explore or at least have the conversations of test-free admissions. And so, 
you know, what does that look like if we completely get rid of testing as a part of our, you know, as a part of our, re our review process? Um, at American, again, we are still test optional, but, you know, those conversations are, are continuing to happen um, at a national level. And again, we are continuing to evolve as, as things change, as the education landscape changes. Uh, again, those are, are things that just the, the conversations that continually need to happen. What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to share that we've teamed up with Dormco to make your dorm decorating a lot easier. Why Dormco? They offer quality and durability, affordability, and a wide selection for bedding to storage solutions and everything in between for your dorm room. So if you or anyone you know is looking to decorate your dorm, see the affiliate partnership link in the show notes for Dormco, your one stop for stylish, affordable, and quality dorm essentials. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast gets a commission, but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. Thank you all and best wishes. Well, we appreciate your insight. That's terrific. And let's get into the application process a little bit deeper, if you don't mind. Kevin, how do you evaluate a student who attended a high school that offers 20 advanced placement courses compared to another student who attended a high school that perhaps only offers five? Yeah, we have the luxury of, of having a pretty large staff, and we really do try our best to empower all of our staff members, all of our assistant directors that are on the road to, to truly be territory managers um, and take ownership of those territories. We try and keep those territory managers as consistent as possible. So uh, we have you know staff members here that have had the same territory for uh, years on end. And what that allows us is to, to really become uh, kind of the, the experts of the schools, of the area, of the, you know, building the relationships with the counselors. Um, we get to understand this school, as you mentioned, has 20 AP courses. This school has five. And we really only want to look at a school in the context of what they were, what they had the opportunity to take. We never want to penalize a student for not having the opportunity to take an, a, an elevated uh, curriculum. It also goes into the different types of schools that, you know, maybe they may not offer AP courses, but every single course is at the honors level. And so, again, we really do try and empower our um, staff members to, to be experts within their specific territory, build those relationships. It's not uncommon where we've had staff members that, you know, they admitted and they worked with a older brother or sister a few years ago and they've still you know they're still in that same territory and now they're working with almost the you know the second or third sibling down the road as as they are starting to work through the application process now well we appreciate that insight in terms of making sure that the admissions reps are experts in their territories while building relationships with school counselors, and I would imagine that they are experts at studying each and every single high school's school profile so that they are well aware of just how many advanced placement or IB or dual enrollment courses a school offers or not. So again, we appreciate that insight. Digging deeper into the overall application process, Kevin, obviously the transcript is the most important part of the academic portion of the application. Can you walk us through what are you looking for when reviewing an applicant's transcript and does it differ based on the student's intended major? 
So at American, we actually do not review based off of intended major. Uh, it's a component of the application. So students will list it on their on their application as this is the intended major that I'm interested in. Uh, but ultimately, we kind of review off, you know, off the basis of what they've included on the application. So uh, in short, we are not reviewing specifically based off of your intended major, uh, again, with what you put on the application. Now, that being said, as you mentioned, the transcript is definitely one of the most important pieces, and, and particularly as it relates to academic and uh, academic preparation also. And so one of the things that we're truly looking for is growth. Uh, we're looking for growth, kind of what did you look like in your freshman year? Uh, how has that transitioned into your sophomore year? And, and what does that look like in your junior year? The reality is for many of our applicants, we, we may have your senior year courses, uh, but for many, many of our applicants, we won't have those senior year grades. And so we're really looking at that snapshot of those three years, freshman, sophomore, junior year, and how have you grown amongst those, amongst those three years? And growth can mean a lot of different things. It can mean growth within the grades that you're getting. It can mean growth in terms of the, you know, the rigor of the curriculum that you're getting. Um, and it can also mean, you know, consistency across the board. And so kind of these are all components that, that we do look at in terms of the, you know, the transcript as a whole and the different types of courses you're taking. I will just backtrack for two seconds though. You know, while we may not have the grades for your senior year, we will typically have those courses. And so that is something that we'll take into account. Um, while we may not know what you're actually getting in terms of a grade in those senior year courses, it will tell us a lot about, are you challenging yourself in that last year? Have you taken that year kind of off before it even started? Um, and so that is something that we'll take into account in terms of our application review process, um, just to see again, what does that entire snapshot look like? And how can we paint the best picture for the student across four years? in what they looked like their freshman year and how they're ultimately ending up their senior year. Well, that's great insight. I love how you talked about the academic preparation and growth over four years. Students, did you build ramps for yourselves? And I love, Kevin, that you mentioned senior year. You're absolutely right. By the time students are applying, you don't have the grades in senior year, but you certainly are looking to see, again, if they're building ramps, if they're continuing to challenge themselves, or are they slowing down in senior year because they have this perception that they're done when in fact they're not. As admissions representatives, obviously you want to make sure that you admit students that can handle the work once they're on your campus. And the best indicator of that is looking at trends, looking at ramps built or not, over four years of high school. So again, thank you so much for that overview, Kevin. We appreciate it. And I was curious, what are the different ways a student may apply to American University? And is there a benefit to applying one way over the other? So we have three different application uh, types. So we have our early decision one and early decision two. Uh, and for your audience, early decision is a binding contract. So essentially you are saying, if I am to be admitted to you know, this early decision school, um, I am essentially committing and, and will be attending. I will submit my enrollment deposit. You're only allowed to submit one early decision application um, across all of your applications. So again, it is that commitment to that specific institution. In addition to early decision one and early decision two, we also have a regular decision. For early decision one, our application deadline is November 1st. Those students will typically find out their decision uh, the middle of December, so they just find out everything earlier. Early decision two is traditionally uh, January 15th. Regular decision is also January 15th, but we release decisions at a different timeline. So early decision two will typically receive their decision uh, in the middle of February. 
regular decision following in the middle of March. For our population of students, because of that commitment factor, that binding contract of early decision, obviously it's a smaller pool of students, uh, but we really do try and make every effort to admit any admissible student at that early decision pool. Uh, we try again to really look at them in every positive light and admit any student who is admissible from those pools. They've made the commitment to American and we want to you know, reciprocate that and make that commitment to, to them. And it is a smaller pool of students. Um, for regular decision, I would say it is a little bit more competitive uh, just because of the sheer number of applicants that we do get for regular decision. So whereas we may get between early decision one and two, um, just over a thousand students for regular decision, we get about 18,000 applications. Um, and so for that pool of students, it does become, I would say, you know, significantly more competitive for that pool. So if you know that American University is the place for you and you know you ultimately want to end up here in the fall, uh, you know, we encourage students look at the early decision process, have a conversation with your admissions representative. Let us talk to you so that we can try and figure out, is this the best option for you? Um, or, you know, regular decision is a great option as well. It's just a little bit different of a process for that. Well, we really appreciate that overview and comprehensive answer. Thank you so much, Kevin. And what's the percentage of in-state and out-of-state students? And does the application process differ for each? If so, could you give us an explanation? So we are a private institution. And so for in-state, out-of-state, the process is, is the same for our students. We have students currently from all 50 states in the United States and 110 different countries represented. Uh, so you can be assured that you know, your classroom environment is truly gonna be a representation of the world around you. Uh, being of our location, obviously here in Washington, DC, we get a lot of students that are, are kind of in that I-95 corridor. So we're talking <laughs> about that, you know, all the way, you know, Massachusetts, New England, all the way through Virginia, and then even obviously some Southern states working their way down to Florida. Uh, that is where we get a huge portion of our students. But we also have, uh, we actually have an admissions representative that's located in California, another one that's located in Texas. Um, and as I mentioned, our uh, admission representatives are traveling all over the country and all over the world uh, throughout the year. So we truly do have students that are coming from all different walks of life, all over the country, um, and as I mentioned, all over the world. Well, thank you so much for that overview. And what are some examples of college essays that left an impression on you? And what advice, Kevin, would you share with prospective students in terms of what to think about when preparing to write their essays? So I'd say one of the most impactful essays that kind of stood out to me or, or that I thought it was really unique was a student that basically just outlined a day in the life um, at a specific college or university. And so it was, I thought it was really unique. It wasn't, whereas most students talk about a past event or something that they've experienced or overcome, which can be a great topic as well. This student was projecting out and really explaining and I'm, I'm waking up in the morning in my dorm and I'm heading to the dining hall and I'm, you know, I'm about to take my psychology 101 course. And it really showed a student that was, you know, a great writer. That's something that we're looking at, but also someone who was, uh, again, able to look into the future and was able to almost, again, project out and, and see them as a successful student down the road. That was always one that really stood out to me just because I, th I thought it was so unique. One advice that I always give students is try and, and pinpoint uh, a place in time or a moment in time that you can write about. 
you know, within the essay, you only have so much space to write for this essay and to write about an entire experience or an entire season of a sporting event or, or your entire life in, in general. Um, it's a lot in such a small space. One example that I always give students is if you take an example, let's say um, you went out fishing with your grandfather and you could talk about the rippling of, of the waves on the water and then you, you caught a specific fish and you almost overturned this boat and you know it ultimately led to a, a really strong relationship with your grandfather. That is such a, a specific moment in time that that could only be a unique story to an experience that you have had as an individual. And that's something that we, we love to see. We love to see, again, somebody speaking about their own individualized experiences, something that is unique to you, something that only, you know, that only Kevin or only John could write about themselves. <laughs> um, and so that is something that I, I would say, you know, if you have a really big idea, try and just narrow it down a little bit so that you can include those details that are going to make me say, yes, this is the only person that could write this essay and this is uniquely to them. Well, thank you for sharing such great examples and advice in terms of that part of the application, which of course we're talking about the essay. That was terrific, Kevin. A student's activity sheet, of course, is another piece of their application. What are the kinds of things you are looking for beyond the work that they did in the classroom? So I'll start by saying that I and I'd say our staff truly value the activity sheet um, really heavily. That's something that we we really have the opportunity to learn more about you uh, across all of these different you know activities and experiences that you have. Associates, for the most part, when you're applying, your you know your grades are kind of set at that point. Um, a lot of your activities are set, but the way you describe your activities can really impact that activity sheet. Um, and include everything that you've been involved in. Really treat it like a resume. One, you know, a tip that I give students often, you know, quantify what you're including in that activity sheet. It is there's a big difference between saying that I was involved in organizing a an event or a, a service event for a group. Um, comparatively to I organized a group of 50 students to donate. Um, 100 meals to, you know, a, a group within this specific organization. So quantify your experiences. Uh, and in addition to that, really, again, really think about everything in your daily life that has an impact on you. A lot of students just think it, it's something that is an extracurricular in the classroom. That's not the case. You know, if you are involved in something outside of the school, include it. If you're taking care of younger brother and sister, and that takes up a huge portion of your time, those are leadership skills. Uh, those are independent skills. Include that in there if it's taking a big portion of your life and it, it speaks to who you are as a person. Those are all things that we value and they give us, again, a greater picture of who you are as a student um, and furthermore, who you are as, as an individual and who you are as a person. Kevin, that was a tremendous answer. I love the way you put it in terms of the activity sheet. How you describe your activities is very important. You spoke of quantifying your experiences in the activity while providing tremendous examples. You also talked about the fact that if you are someone that has to take care of a younger sibling, please include that in the activity sheet as that might be the reason why, because you have those family responsibilities, that might be the reason that you can't participate in three, four, five after school activities like many other students do. So again, that was tremendous. I was also curious, Kevin, does American University offer any programs for students that may have had an IEP while in high school 
to help ensure that they continue to be successful once they're on your campus. Absolutely. So I'll talk about two kind of facets of, of our resources that we offer. So for any student who has an, an IEP, a 504 plan, um, any type of accommodations uh, that you know they had in high school, both long-term and short-term, um, we do have our Disability Support Services Office. Uh, they will go through their own evaluations. They will grant accommodations and they, they'll go through that process. And they uh, are a great resource for any student who, again, is looking for to continue on with the resources maybe that they had in high school, again, both short-term and long-term. One program that I do want to touch on is our learning services program. Uh, this is our is a specific program for students who um, you know may have had an IEP. And again, it is a specific program for students that may have needed uh, maybe a, a higher level of accommodations. Um, and so students would actually apply for this. Uh, it is a, a separate kind of application that they would indicate that they are interested in applying for this. Uh, but we are actually sought out after for this specific program. It's been running for years now, and students come to us solely based off of this program. Obviously, they, they love American. They love the programs we have. But every single year, we have students that say, I'm applying to American, and I'm coming to American for this learning services program. Uh, they do receive a wide variety of additional benefits, um, so outside of the realm of what our disability support services offer. But they receive things like individual weekly meetings with different advisors within the LSP program. Um, they have reserved sections of courses that are just dedicated for students with these with IEPs or, or with again um, specific disabilities. Um, they have dedicated tutors. Uh, they have they actually receive an upper class mentor. And so again, it is a I would say it's a significantly more in depth program for students that are are specifically looking for something related to you know, I have this IEP, I need these accommodations at maybe a higher level. Um, and, and we are here to support them within that, you know, those resources. Well, that was a tremendous overview of your learning services program. As I said earlier, Kevin, if there are any other links that you want me to share in the show notes, please provide them to me. And of course, we'll make them available to the students and the parents. Kevin, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Before I ask you the last question, though, I was curious is there a question that I didn't ask about American University that you wish I had or any other topic that just didn't come up about American University that you want to leave us with now? Um, so, I mean, one thing that, you know, I think really makes us, us you know, at American unique is our, our tagline of, of being change makers um, for the world around us. Um, and, and this idea of challenge accepted, those are kind of two of our main mottos. If you walk anywhere on our campus, you're going to see flags all around that say, you know, change makers and challenge accepted. And, and those are the types of students that, that we're looking for. Um, I am so impressed on a daily basis of, of what our students are, are looking to do in terms of, of you know, social justice. Uh, sustainability is a massive part of our campus community. We are the first university um, in the country that is uh, carbon neutral. And we are in the process of looking to become the first university that is carbon negative. Um, and so those are hopes and aspirations that we have. And a lot of this comes from our students that really do take that approach of being change makers on our campus, in our community, and then back home wherever they may be from originally. So again, I, I can't speak more highly of the types of students that are coming to our campus um, and really making an impact on, on the world around them. 
Well, that is awesome, and I'm glad I asked that question. And this has been a phenomenal conversation, Kevin. Unfortunately, it does lead us to the last question, which is, what are your top three pieces of advice that you would provide students and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? So one thing that I had already mentioned, uh, visit schools, you know, visit as many schools as possible, figure out what you like, figure out what you don't like. Um, you know, it does nobody good. It does, you know, no institution good if you think you're in love with the school and then you decide to transfer out after a year. Uh, we ultimately want you to find the right place for you. Every admissions counselor will tell you that. Um, and so we want you to find the right fit. And so I always say, visit schools, you'll start to learn again, not only what you do, what you like and what you don't like, but you'll start to hear questions from other families. Oh, that's a great question. Let me ask that the next time that I'm at a school, uh, at visiting a school <laughs> or doing a tour. Um, so again, try and visit schools if you have the, you know, the means to do so, or if they are in your, your general area. Um, one, another thing that I would say is, is connect with your admissions representative. Again, we are here as a resource for you. Uh, obviously, you, for the most part, will have a, either a college counselor or a guidance counselor, a career counselor, somebody at the high school level that is helping you kind of navigate this process. Um, and, and we are there as kind of the other end of the spectrum on the college admission side. I would say the biggest advocate for, for this process is, is I'm here to build relationships with the students that I'm working with. Um, that is why I love what I do and kind of working with all these students on an individual basis and, and learning about them and, and learning kind of, again, getting to meet them outside of just their application, putting a name to that application helps me so much when I can go back and say, oh, yes, I remember meeting that person or we had a Zoom call um, or, you know, just having those general conversations. Um, so use your admissions representative at the college level as a resource for navigating each school. Most schools will, you know, break it up based off of where your high school is located. Um, and it's relatively easy to find who that who that specific person is. Most times they'll be the one that's reading your application. So absolutely connect with them um, as an additional point person. They can also play the bridge for a lot of different resources on our campus. So, you know, maybe I may not be able to answer a specific question, but I can connect you with uh, certain offices or certain individuals that are the experts within that office. Uh, and finally, I'll leave you with, you know, work to find the right fit to you. It speaks back to my previous point, uh, but truly this is your decision. This is one of the largest decisions that you'll be making in your you know, young adult life. It is not a competition. Um, you know, figure out what school is going to be the best for you to be successful um, and you know, start to look in, in that direction. It is not a competition. You and all of your friends will be successful and you'll figure it out. Um, but it becomes a lot easier to figure out those things when you've picked a school that is genuinely the right fit for you and will set you up for the most, you know, for the highest level of success. Well, Kevin, those are tremendous pieces of advice and great insight. I can't thank you enough for being on this episode of the podcast. I truly do hope to have you again. And I am so happy as I know that this conversation is going to help so many students and their parents. You are awesome. Thanks again, Kevin. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.